We've been talking about, you know, what the great exchange. We talk about in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. Brand new original creature is what you are. Old Adam's gone, second man's come on the scene. And he says that we have the ministry of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Reconciling is the word exchange in the Greek. That's where we get the word exchange. Exchange is reconciliation. And he has given to every one of us the ministry of exchange. Telling the world, Christ has come to exchange you from who you were to who you are. And the whole ministry is about finding out who you already are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And we've been talking about and, and the word righteousness. It's where we get exchange. You were unrighteous, and now you are righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And it says in 5.21, God made Christ to be sin for us. How many of you know Christ was made sin because of your sin? How many of you got that down? Now, the second part is just as true as the first part. God made Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the very righteousness of God in Christ. You are as righteous as God is right now. Now, how many of you believe that? I don't know if I want to see a show of hands or not. The first part is true. The second part is true. You're not going to be righteous someday. He made you righteous. 1 Corinthians 1.30 said, But of him are you in Christ, who has made unto you wisdom and righteousness and justification and everything else. So what? That it is written that no flesh will glory in his presence. It's not what you do. It's what he did. Amen? And we see that he, he's done that for us. And so righteousness means holy, innocent, just, justified. Romans 4.25 says he was lifted up, crucified for our, because of our transgressions, and he was raised again for our justification, which is righteousness. Same word. Justification is righteousness. He was raised for our righteousness. We are as righteous as you're going to get. Now, you've got to get that settled because you know what? There's no condemnation. Righteous means means the ability to stand in God's presence without the sense of condemnation. No more condemnation. Romans 8 says, There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. For the spirit of life in Christ has made you free from the law of sin and death. You've been redeemed from all that. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, not what you do or don't do, whether you drink or you don't drink, but it's righteousness. God made you the very righteousness of God. Peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. And joy. Joy is of the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what the kingdom's all about. I think it goes on to say, he that in these things serves God is accepted of God and approved of man, something like that. Is that what it says? Something like that? Next? I don't guess we need the next. We know what it says in here. Okay, so we see the kingdom of God is for us. He's made us that way.
And you know, today we're going to look at called the Word of Righteousness. Say Word of Righteousness. Hebrews chapter 5. Now I'm going to start in verse 1, but we're going somewhere. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For he himself is compassed about with infirmities. Jesus, that's a word, is disease and sicknesses. How many of you know, according to Isaiah 53, he took all your diseases and sicknesses, and by his stripes you are? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and by reason thereof, he ought, as for the people, as for himself, to offer sins. No man takes this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God is Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he said unto them, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, I'm sorry, a little gold flakes right there on this next verse. And he said also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he what? Feared. Though he was a son, yet learned he obedience by the things he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to those that obey him. Now, I want you to understand what that word obedience means. It's not more have to, as much to do with your actions of obedience as it is your ability to hear. Amen. That word obey means attentive hearkening. To listen. We have two ears. He wants us to hear. Because he heard attentive by one man's disobedience. That means he didn't listen. Adam did not listen to what God said. By one man's obedience, he attentively hearkened. Unattentive hearkening is what disobedience is there. Adam didn't pay attention. God said, don't do that. He was probably looking over at Eve and was, got his focus lost. How many of you has got your focus lost a time or two? He just wasn't listening. And he says, <clears throat> Called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Now catch that. What's the problem? Dull of hearing. You're dull of hearing. Why were they dull of hearing? Why was Paul writing to the Hebrew Christians? Because they were mixing the law with grace. They were going back under the law and the rituals. And what did, what did Paul say in first, Second Corinthians chapter 3? He says, today, when the, you get under the law, there's a veil over it. And you can't see. You become dull of hearing. And you can't see with your eyes and hear with your ears. And he says, and to this day, when you get under the law of Moses, there's a blindness. Right, John? There's a blindness that happens. And he says, you're dull of hearing. Why? Because of mixture. When you try to mix law and grace, it's like Kent and I was talking. It's like oil and water. They don't mix. They're going to separate. You can't mix works of righteousness and grace. They don't mix. And that's why they were dull of hearing. Now, all right, let's go on. <clears throat> For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. The first principles of the oracles of God and are of such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. What's he saying? As long as you're on milk, 
you're not going to understand the word of righteousness. The word of righteousness is your identity. You are the very righteousness of God. As long as you're on milk, you don't understand your identity. You're a babe. The word of righteousness, unskilled in the word of righteousness. That word unskilled is not experienced. See, revelation should bring you to a place to where you experience something. It brings you into a place of manifestation to where you understand. Unskillful, you're not exercised. And he says, for strong meat belong to them that are of full age, even who by reason of use have their senses exercised. And that word exercise is where we get the word gymnasium. Exercise, experience the word of righteousness. God made Christ to be sin so he could make us the very righteousness of God. Would that, what, would the, what would the church look like today if it really knew who it was? See, God said that he brought in the Gentiles to make the Jews jealous. Isn't that what it says in Romans 11? He did that to make them jealous. Well, the Jews look at the church today, they don't have a whole lot to be jealous of because they've got about half law and half grace. There's a mixture there. There's not a whole lot to be too excited about. But the good news is God made you the very righteousness of himself in Christ Jesus. That looks a little different. You're not trying to become righteous. You are righteous. Scripture says in Hebrews, by one offering, he has sanctified you forever. How long is forever, Marion? Forever. He set you apart forever. He did it. It's finished. When he said it's finished, he meant it. And he sat down at the right hand of God. Amen? Expecting what? Now, verse 6, chapter 6. Now, it's just a continuation of this. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. That's not sinless perfection. That's maturity. Let us grow up into these, what he's talking about, strong meat. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Dead works, what are dead works? It's works you do to try to please God so he will accept you. That is a dead work. You do works because God has forgiven you. You do these works because God has accepted you. That's the difference. You don't work to be accepted. You work because you are accepted. Ephesians 1, 6 says you are accepted in the beloved. God made you accepted in the beloved. The same as he made you righteous he made you accepted. That word accepted, oh, Lord, I'm getting goosebumps. I only used twice when he said to, the angel came to Mary and said, you are highly favored. That's the same word, highly favored. God has made you highly favored in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I got to have a drink on that. You are highly favored. You're not going to be highly favored. You are already highly favored. You're not going to become sons and daughters. Now are you the sons and daughters of God. Now. Right now. When Jesus said it's finished, that means what? It's finished. Now. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works or faith towards God. Without faith, it's what? Hard to please God? You know. Do what? All right. I was going to see if you're going to let me get by with that. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. <clears throat> but Paul said, we're crucified with Christ, nevertheless we live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not about your faith. It's about the fact that you're living by the faith of the Son of God. He is your faith. And when Christ, who is your life, and he's your faith, he's your everything. Faith towards God, that's settled. You're not trying to get faith towards God. You have faith towards God. Don't keep relaying those foundations again and again is what he's saying here. Of the doctrine of baptisms. How many of you know there's more than one baptism? Amen? All right. The laying on of hands. We saw that today. The resurrection of the dead. You know, some of them in the scriptures didn't even believe in the resurrection of the dead. And if Christ be not raised from the dead, then are you still in your sins, he said to them. And they're preaching his vain. But if Christ be risen from the dead, you're raised with him. Amen. This is foundational stuff. And of eternal judgment. And all this we will do if God permit. That's the foundation. Not laying again the foundation. There's a lot of stuff in that foundation. But you know what? It's all included in the word exchange. That's who you are. No other foundation, Paul said, can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. And if you build on the foundation he's laid, it's gold, silver, and precious stones. But if you go back to some of these other things you're still trying to lay a foundation, it's wood, hay, and stubble. And every man's works will be made manifest, for the Spirit will reveal it by fire, and every man it will burn up if it's wood, hay, and stubble. But you yourself will be saved, yet so as by fire. We call that grace, don't we, Joe? It's the grace of God. See, here's the thing about it. Wouldn't you like to spend your life doing works that's gold, silver, and precious stones? That's because you do those works because of who you are. But you can do the very same work hoping that that work will please God and it's wood, hay, and stubble and it'll burn up because it's works for righteousness, not works of righteousness. You do works for righteousness. The fruit of the Spirit, the works of righteousness. See the difference? And only the Spirit is the one that reveals the, the two. And as yet it's before. Amen. I had something really good and it just shot right on through. I've noticed the older I get, the more things just shoot right on through. If you don't catch them when they pass by, you've already lost them. It was good, too. It, it was really good. Throw the net out. Huh? Throw the net out. Throw the net out. Catch it when it goes by? Oh, okay. All right. Well, it'll come back. It'll make another circle and we'll get it. All right. So we see that. And, and he goes on. We, we don't even want to go on down there. But basically what he said, it's impossible for those that's been exchanged to, to do anything but be exchanged. It's impossible. It's impossible. Say impossible. impossible. Not possible. Isn't it good that you've already there? You know, Mark, this is why it's so important to rightly divide the word of truth. Mark 4, 22 and 226 
in Amplified, it says, The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more will come to you that hear. Hearing is a work of God. John and I was talking about earlier, we're working on a message. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Don't assume you can hear all the time. It's a gift of God for you to hear. And it's the Holy Spirit. And remember that in 1 John it says, You need not that any man teach you, but the same anointing, the Holy Spirit's anointing, will teach you all things, and in him is truth. And Jesus said what to the disciples? I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. You cannot hear them. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will lead and guide you into all truths. For he'll not speak of himself. He'll take the things of mine that I've got from the Father, and he's going to show it unto you. All things the Father has are mine, and he'll show them to you. And God said, you have what? You have been giving everything that God has in Christ Jesus. Of him have you received the fullness of God. How much is the fullness? You've received all of that. You already have all that. We don't see it now, but it's all there. In Christ, you've been freely giving all the fullness, given all the fullness of God. That's incredible to me. That's who you are. John 6.30, the disciples said to him, We know you came from God. No man can do what you do except to be from God. And he said, Do you really believe? He says, The hour is coming, yea, now is, that you will be scattered, every man, to his own self, his own things. But he said, But I'm not alone, because the Father is with me. And you know, you begin to see that you would think after the disciples spending all that time with him, and on the road to Emmaus, when he walked up to the disciples, he said, what is this manner of sadness you got? And he said, don't you know that Jesus, we thought he was the son of God. We what? We thought he was, you know, that was going to deliver us. And they crucified him. And so our hope is gone. And we was laughing in coffee shop because Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, he says, don't call any man fool on earth. But Jesus said to them, you fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said concerning Christ. Ought not Christ to have suffered all these things and entered into his glory? And he began to preach to them and teach to them all the things the prophets had to say about Christ in the Old Testament. And, and it said, what did they say? Did not our hearts burn within us as he opened to us the word of God? See, is there a little difference here now of dullness of hearing and all of a sudden didn't our hearts burn within us? How many of you know the difference? You know the difference. There's times when you don't seem like you can hear anything. And there's times when you said, I can't take no more. Are you out there? There's been times I've had to say, that's enough. I told you about the pastor one day back here on Tuesday about 1130. He said, I'm through. I cannot take no more. I'm leaving. <laughs> what he was saying is, I can't eat any more of this. I've had enough. I've got to meditate on what i got. See, and that's their hearts were burning in them as he opened to them the word of God. See, and that's what he wants to do. And that's why the Holy Spirit has come. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We beholding as in a mirror this, this scripture, these scriptures, 
beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, which is the Greek word exchanged, into the very same image, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The word transformation, metamorphosis. You don't see a worm flying with wings, do you? <clears throat> the butterfly's a new creation. The old things passed away, and all of a sudden you got a butterfly, a beautiful monarch butterfly from a worm. That's the transformation. On the day when the Mount of Transfiguration, it says that Jesus was transformed before him. He didn't look like he did before. This is what he's talking about. He was transformed. And we are all being transformed. That's what the Holy Spirit's here for, to transform us. Romans 8 says, if God saved you, he called you, and he predestined you, predetermined you to be conformed to the very image of his son. To what kind of image? <clears throat> How's he doing that? Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So you're a new baby. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow in the word of righteousness so they can become full-grown sons and daughters. Amen? I remember Bob Mumford said one time, Christians are going to be judged to what degree they grew up into the image of Christ while they're here. What do they call that? Seat? Judgment seat of Christ. He wants us to grow up. You're already sons and daughters. You're already a son of God. But he wants you to grow up into the fullness that he has. I get so excited when I just think about all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in me. I was watching one of these channels, and John could tell me a lot more than I know. But they was talking about all of the planets. And they was talking about how many hundreds of thousand planets they're beginning to see that has the ability to have life on it. They didn't see them before, did they, John? Now they're beginning to see there's places just like this out there that people could live on. They don't even know how many now that's out there. <clears throat> we, we serve a creator that likes to create. When he said, let there be, it's still being. They can't even find the end of it, can they, John? No. He's living in you. All right. Come on. Yeah. He's living in you. And he said, I will what? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, hallelujah. You've got to help me now. We've got communion coming. This last week, we was in the coffee shop, <clears throat> and this book was going on. He gave the seven names of God. And so I wrote them down just to look at. This is the names of God in the Old Testament. Jehovah Shammah. That means the Lord is present. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Don't ever think Jesus is somewhere and you're somewhere else. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come, we will come and make our abode with you. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will never, say never, never, never leave you. So never picture yourself apart from Christ. For who Christ, who is your life, shall appear. Your life is his life. So he's your presence. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jesus said, my peace. I give to you. Not as the world give, I give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled or agitated. Jehovah Rahal, R-A-A-H. The Lord is my shepherd. 
man. He said he's the good shepherd, and he laid down his life for the sheep. He's my shepherd. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Right? Freely you have received. Of his fullness have you received. So freely give. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. And what I showed Mike or John a while ago, this little piece of gold fell right there on that banner. It's right there. And he said, the Lord our banner. That means he's our victor. He's our captain. The Lord our captain. Christ triumphed over all principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. All right? Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord our righteousness. Okay? That's the name of God. Jesus came to take all that the Father was and reveal it to us. The last, Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. He is our great physician. That's what he said. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And after I wrote these down and got to looking, well, he's my presence. He's my peace. He's my shepherd. He's my provider. He's my banner, my captain, my righteousness, my physician, my healer. And then the scripture came to me in John 17. He said, Father, I have manifested your name to the men you gave me out of this world. I have revealed what your names, your name means in all these aspects as the Father. I've manifested your name to the men you gave me out of the world. They were yours, but you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. I've finished the work you gave me to do. See, Jesus came to present the Father to us. He came to show us the goodness of God. And that's why one of the reasons Christ came is to reveal the Father. Because he said, no man can know the Father except the Son, what? Reveal him to him. You can't know me or the Father except it, the revelation of the Spirit reveal it. And that's why Jesus came, to reveal the name of the Father. And that's why there's, Jesus is the name that's above what? Every name. I have manifested your name to the men you gave me out of the world. That's awesome. So we need to understand what it means to be a son and daughter of God. That's what, why it means there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? The scripture says, He that believeth into me hath eternal life. Hath. Not going to get. Already has it. In him is life, and the life was the light of the sun, the light of men. The light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Well, we'll finish this. I've got a couple of more weeks. Come on up, Eric. Now listen. What did Jesus say? This is my body broken for you. This is my blood that's shed for you. All that we just read is manifest right here in the breaking of the bread. He's given it all to us so we can be a partaker of his divine nature. Second Peter chapter 1. Woo! Well, you can hold my mule, but I think I'll wait.